BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Under Center podcast presented by St. Xavier University. I'm always fortunate enough to be joined by our Bears insider, Josh Schrock. Follow him at Schrock underscore and underscore all. And of course, my man, our Bears beat reporter, Alex Shapiro. Follow him at Alex Shapiro NBCS. And today, as Alex alluded to right before uh, this started, it's not every day you get a Hall of Famer and one of the greatest Bears, one of the greatest Bears linebackers of all time, the one, the only Samurai Mike. Mike Singletary joins us on behalf of CA, CCA's, I should say, Brain Health Supplement, new team. Also, we're broadcasting here from the NBC Sports Broadcast Podcast Studio, um, powered by PointsBet. I got this a lot to get there in. Go. But you got it, man. You crushed go. it. That's a, that's a mouthful. Let's go straight to the Hall of Famer. Um, listen, again, we appreciate it. Um, being a Bears fan. Um, and coming up, I'm I, aging myself. I was old enough to remember the Super Bowl, and I can remember you retiring, and I can remember thinking it sucked as a young kid. <laughs> uh, so definitely appreciate you joining us. But you know what? I want to go straight to the Bears of today. And with all the transactions from free agency and the, the huge trade that the Bears have made, Ryan Poles made, Mike, what were your thoughts on what the Bears have done so far free agency and with the upcoming draft? I, you know, so far so good. I, I think, uh, you know, the Bears have made it, uh, they've been very intentional about um, wanting to be uh, better, wanting to compete in the division. And I think um, the division is up for grabs uh, next year. And so we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how those uh, moves work out. Mike, I want to focus in on that on that trade of the number one pick. So much of the offseason before the trade was focused on Justin Fields' future. Uh, will he be a bear? Won't he be a bear? What did you think of the decision to trade that pick and, and put the chips behind Justin Fields? I think it was a great move. I, I think Justin Fields, um, I, I think he's a good football player. Uh, could be a great football player given the opportunity to uh, have some time and and uh, build that offense around him. I, I think um, if he has some tools, he he's gonna he's gonna blossom. He's gonna do some great things. And if he has a little more time, you know, I I, I get nervous with him running so much. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, he can stand back there and and read and uh, throw the ball to the correct uh, receiver and and just just blossom. Mike is one of the greatest Bears linebackers of all time. I got to ask you about the Bears linebackers. You know, a lot has gone on over the past year. Roquan Smith looked like he was going to be the guy in the middle for a very long time. Obviously, they trade him to the Ravens, and now they've replaced him with Tremaine Edmonds, and uh, TJ Edwards is also coming in. So your thoughts on all of that, everything that's transpired from the Roquan Smith trade to these new guys coming in? Trading uh, Roquan was tough for me. I... I um... I mean, I, I get it, you know, you, you're playing Tampa too, you know, maybe your middle linebacker, um, you know, doesn't have to be, um, you know, Roquan, but, but I, I just think that Roquan Smith more than a middle linebacker, he was a, um, you know, just an outstanding leader person. 
and uh, I, I was really excited about him. But, but you know, moving forward, I, I just think that um, I know that they're they're going to invest in the front four, and then you know the the next tier uh, linebackers, and then going out to the corners. You got to have some physical corners and what have you. So. Um, I, I'm hoping that it all plays out, but, um, you know, leaders are really hard to come by and, um, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't come back and, and, uh, bite them in the butt. You know, it's sticking with leadership and you just mentioned it. How did you all go about and during the Super Bowl era defining who was, who were the leaders? How did the leaders come about when you had such a talented team on both sides of the ball? I think, um, you know, leaders, um, yeah, there, there's only, you know, one kind of, of leader when you come down to it. And, and that is those that uh, produce, uh, those that are respected, and um, those that the team can really look up to when, when times are a little bit goofy or crazy or what have you. And I, I think when you look around the league, um, you know, that locker room is so important, and especially in today's game. Um, you know, sometimes that, that um, when the game starts, the head coach is on the sideline and he can't go past those lines. And uh, you've got to have a leader in that huddle that can look at those guys and, and have them understand we are going to do this. And, and we're going to do it now. We're going to do it together and make it happen. So um, hopefully, you know, any team that, that is fortunate enough to have great leadership and you don't really know that until you're a coach, um, but it's, you know, that leadership is so valuable to have and it's, it's hard to replace. Real quick, I want to talk about your leadership because you have one of those all-time NFL sound bites that NFL films would play growing up. And could you give me detail on what you meant when it was like, and my dad used to love hearing this. All right, now I like this kind of party. What kind of party was it? Because like being someone who played football growing up, it was like, oh, we out here hitting. But just could you detail and give the context of what you meant when you said that? You know, what I meant when, when I said I like this kind of party is, is you know, it was a tough game. Uh, you know, we were playing Green Bay and it was, it was just a – a really physical game that day. And, and that's the way I like it. I, I like it when, when it's hot, uh, uh, even though it's cold outside, uh, <laughs> we were trying to keep it hot and, uh, you know, just, just make sure that every play we were bringing it. And when we can, when we can go tit for tat, uh, that's something that um, I love those kind of games. And when, uh, you know, you got blood all over the place and mud and everything else and, we, we were making it happen, so um, that's what I like. Mike, you talked about kind of finding leadership when things get goofy. For the Bears, a team that lost 10 in a row to end the season, what did you make of Matt Eberflus's first season, knowing that he didn't really have a lot of talent to work with and that he kind of kept the team gelled and fighting despite a 10-game losing streak to end the season? Well, you know, uh, when, you, when you're not winning, I, no matter what the situation is, scenario, whatever, you have talent, you don't have talent, it, it, uh, it's tough, man. And I, I think it takes everything that you have um, to just be able to keep the team together and, and uh, keep, the guys, uh, keep the guys together, knowing that um, it's going to be tough, knowing that uh, they're all going to be types, uh, they're going to be all types of comments coming from all over the place. 
And uh, but if that locker room can stay intact, if the team can stay intact and if they can continue to believe in the coach and believe in each other, then they have a chance. But that, that, that that's a hard it's a hard sell when you're not winning. Like you alluded to this a little bit when you mentioned, you know, the Bears building out that front four and then adding those physical corners. But it seems these days off ball linebacker is just not a premium position in the NFL. Do you think off ball linebacker is a little bit undervalued or just because, you know, this is a big passing league now? Yeah, you got to have those trenches. You got to have those corners set. Well, I I think, you know, first and foremost, it it really depends on what what you're asking them to do. I I think in the Tampa 2, you've got to have the front four. You, you have to have those guys coming off the ball. And uh, because when you're playing Tampa 2, the quarterbacks know where you're going to be. Uh, they have an idea. And so you give a good quarterback that much time, you know, more than three seconds, and it's going to be a long day. So you you got to invest in, in those front four guys. The outside backers, hey, you know, you're uh, that, that will linebacker is, is really – you know, the guy that, that has to, to hit that hole, the, the Mike linebacker's got to be able to drop and uh, really watch that pass down the middle. Uh, the Sam linebacker, you, you're filling in, but those corners are, are vital. Um, they have to be really, really tough and really disciplined, and uh, it, it makes all the difference in the world with all those uh, different routes and how the offense is always – trying to play on those corners. And, and if they're not on their, their game, man, they stretch the safeties out and they make, make the middle linebacker his drop really um, invisible. Bears Hall of Famer Mike Singletary joins us on behalf of CCA's new team. Um, let me ask you this. Um, kind of sticking around with what Alex just said, how do you feel that you would be as a player with all the passing that goes along now? And what scheme would probably fit you best if you were just to say you were getting drafted in this upcoming draft, being the type of linebacker you were back in the days, Mike? Well, I look at it this way. I, I played in two different systems. I played in, um, you know, the regular, you know, four, three, and then I played in the, uh, we played the 46 primarily for about, really pretty strong for about two years, particularly the Super Bowl year. Um, and then Coach Tobin came um, as the coordinator and, you know, we we dropped a lot, you know, in blitz in red zone. Um, but I, I could play in any, you know, any system that, you know, particularly a 4-3, um, cover one. I, I was always, uh, I love covering running backs and receivers. So it, it really wouldn't matter to me uh, what we play um, just, just as long as uh, the teammates that we have uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they, they want a ball. They, they, they want to play uh, as far as what we play. And uh, that, that really doesn't make a difference. As long as I know what I have to do, get there and make it happen, let's go. Mike, you, you touched on something that, that I want to go back to about the Tampa 2 and, and the importance of the front four. The Bears didn't address the front four at all, really, in free agency, but they did address the second level. What do you make of the decision to fill out the linebacking core and spend all that money without having that front four that's so necessary to make those linebackers effective? Well, the, the one thing that I know is this. If you're playing Tampa 2, you got to have the front four. 
it's almost like if you're going to play the 46, you know, people ask me, well, what does it take, man? We want to play the 46. Do you have the three guys inside? If you don't have the three guys inside, I, I don't care who you have. You can't play 46. It's as simple as that. You can have the best linebacker. You can have the best safety. You can have the best corners. If you don't have those three guys inside, can't play it. So, um, and I, you know, same thing when you look at uh, Tampa 2. When you play in Tampa 2, you got to have those front four guys. You got to have a, a three technique that can be extremely disruptive at that three technique coming off the ball, raising all kind of havoc. The quarterback has to really get, get back deep. Uh, he has to penetrate. You've got to have that end, um, you know, that, that, that end, uh, he, he, the blind side end, man, he's got to come with it. Got to come with it all day. And you got those guys, you got a chance. Uh, other than that, man, the quarterback's going to have some time. And, um, you know, you're going to have great athletes on the back, but they're not going to be able to get there in time. Let's stick with this 46 defense a little bit. Uh, one of my favorite, all-time favorite 30 for 30s of all time is uh, your 85 Bears 30 for 30, where you talk a lot about Buddy Ryan, right? Buddy Ryan's a central figure in that documentary. And you talk about your relationship with Buddy Ryan, how he was tough on you, but you guys really loved each other. Uh, so what what was that relationship with Buddy Ryan what did that mean to you? How important was that relationship to you in your development as a player and in your success overall, you know, on the field, off the field, et cetera? Well, I, I think first and foremost, um, you know, Buddy, <laughs> he was tough. He, he was tough on me as a rookie and, and very, very difficult uh, to try and, and um, really figure out where he was coming from. But I, the, the biggest thing that, that he taught me early on, um, he said something. He said, Mike, you have to learn how to watch film. And so I started asking him, well, how do I watch film? And he said, well, you got to watch it. So I'm <laughs> like, um, I, I, I need something more than that. I'm, I'm asking you, how do I watch film? And he said, I'm telling you, you got to watch the film. So it's about a year and a half when I'm watching film. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in my apartment, I'm crying, I'm frustrated. I'm like, you know what? I'm asking this guy, how do I watch film? The best thing he can tell me is watch the film. I'm sitting there and finally something, something happens on film. And I'm like, wait a minute, what was that? And so I noticed that the guard, you know, the right guard, uh, when it's a running play, his foot was in a particular place. When it was a passing play, his foot was in a different position. When the play was going right, his eyes were his eyes and his feet were in a certain place. And, and so all of a sudden, the offense began to talk to me. And at that time, I got up and I was running around my apartment. I was screaming. <laughs> I was so excited. And I, I learned how to watch film and some some games, uh, some teams were difficult, more difficult to read because the better you get, the, the better they get mm -hmm. at disguising. And uh, it became a chess match, but you always had an idea of what they were going to do. And that's really the thing for me that caused the excitement. Um, I really became excited about this is what they're going to do. This is where the play is going to go. And about 85, you know, sometimes 90% of the time I was right. So when your your teammates begin to understand that they can trust what you're saying, uh, it it really begins to to get exciting. And I think for Buddy, Buddy gave me ownership. 
Um, you know, he sat me down and said, Mike, you know, I I'm going to put this on your shoulders and, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do it until you tell me, you start showing me that you can't handle it. And uh, the last thing I wanted to do when, when Buddy gave me something, I took it and ran with it. Uh, the last thing I wanted to do was hear that, hey, I'm taking it back because you, you're not doing, you're not holding up to your part. So uh, that was the relationship that we had. It was very straightforward. And I really appreciated him for that, giving me that opportunity to take ownership of it and making those calls, you know, whatever the call needed to be. Hey, it's on you. You make the right call. Call it. Let's go. And uh, that was great. It, it matured me as, as, a, as a player. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now, back in those days, the NFL didn't have free agency. It, I, just a question, looking at the relationship that you had with Buddy Ryan, anybody doesn't know Buddy Ryan left the Bears after the Super Bowl to go coach the Eagles. Was there ever a desire, perhaps, especially when you look at the talent that you had on the front four with the Eagles, to perhaps follow Buddy to the Eagles and go over there, or was it, no, I'm here, I'm going to stay here? Never. I think when, when Buddy left, you know, I love Buddy, but at the same time, and I think Buddy felt the same way. Uh, you know, the two of us, he had to go his way and, and you know, do it without me. And I needed to be, be a linebacker with, without, you know, the 46. How, how good can I be without the 46? Am I, am I a 46 guy all of a sudden? Even though I, I, made, I made defensive player of the year, without being uh, in the 46. And with the 46, I made defensive player of the year. Then Vince Tobin came, and I was defensive player of the year. So, you know, being talk, able to, it made, me, it made me stretch. It made me push myself uh, to those points. But uh, the greatest thing that Buddy gave me was ownership. All right, uh, Mike, I want to get to, to New Teen and, and why you're here. So why don't you just kind of walk us through what New Teen is and, and why it's important to you? Well, I'm, I'm really excited about New Teen. The product is is a tremendous product. I'm, I'm excited about it because um, it's all about brain health. And for me and some of my former teammates that uh, I know that uh, some of the guys, uh, you know, kind of struggle from, from time to time and, and uh, brain health is extremely 
uh, important. And thankfully, you know, this is a product that you can, it's available on Amazon. And, uh, you know, being able to, um, to know that with, with all of the CTE, all of the uh, issues with, uh, that we have in the league, uh, guys are concerned about this and that when it, when it pertains to their uh, brain health. It's just exciting to, to be a part of a, um, um, a product out there that is valuable, that can help you focus, that, that can help you um, really uh, pay attention to detail and the things that you need to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And so uh, I'm excited to be partnered with uh, New Teen and seeing how far we can go with it. We're trying to get it everywhere we can. New Team was created, created by internationally recognized nutritionist and author and speaker, Dr. Mike Russo, um, and helps to improve short-term memory, uh, working memory, multitasking, concentration, focus, and attention. And added benefit is that it helps you protect your eyes from blue light emitted by computers, tablets, and smartphones. Unlike other brain supplements, the ingredients found in New Team are backed by 11 clinical studies and help to provide mental clarity, uh, sharper thinking, and overall cognitive strength. And you can find this product on Amazon. Uh, Mike, let me ask you this, because it's funny. No, it's not funny at all. Let me take that back. That was totally the wrong thing to say. Looking at how back in the days, the lack of information that players knew when it came to CTE, and even with finding out the league wasn't necessarily on the up and up, and even you look at how it affects players that you play with, we all know, unfortunately, the tragedy of Dave Durison. What kind of conversations do you and former players from back in the days, but you were a head coach too, and like, what, what's the conversation that you all have talking about putting it on the line? And in some ways, yeah, you know, football, you're not going to be the same, but you all didn't know you were signing up for this. You know, um, yes. And, and I really do believe that uh, one of the things that I would like to see in the game is anytime a player puts their head down, anytime that a player cannot see what they're hitting, um, I think there should be a flag mm. because the greatest thing that, that I believe uh, when a player is going to have that physical contact, you know, your neck needs to be in your shoulders, your face needs to be up and your eyes need to be open. And I really believe that when a, a, a person can see what they're hitting, I believe that it gives the brain enough time to adjust uh, normally, when you hear someone getting a concussion, it's the hit from the left or the right or the back. Uh, rarely is it from the front. And um, I just believe that um, everything that I learned about tackling, I learned in the seventh grade. And it was, you have to have leverage. You have to see what you're hitting. Your neck has to be in your shoulders. And when you see players that, that you know, want to deliver that blow and you're going to go out there and that head goes down, man, right away, you're vulnerable, you, you're at risk, you're putting other players at risk. And um, I would like to see that be a rule in the game. Right now it isn't. It's, it's still a little bit inconsistent. It's gotten a lot better. But uh, when we start doing that, and I think coaches will start teaching that more, and uh, I, I think we'll see less and less of the, um, the CTE and brain injury and things like that. Mike, overall, how do you feel the NFL's handled concussions, CTEs, and, and the push to get a more a safer league? Because the Bears had a couple instances last season where they they the spotter would pull guys out, 
check him for concussions, let him back in, happened a couple times, and then on Monday they'd come in and they'd have a concussion. So how do you feel the the league has addressed safety and, and where does it need to go? Where does it still need to get better? I, I think the league, you know, just like everybody else is learning, um, you know, step by step, you know, what to do, how to do it, how to go about doing it. I, I think that um, as we go forward, uh, I think the league is is getting better. I, I I would just like to see them get more and more consistent, mm-hmm. so that um, if there was a uh, a particular video for everybody, this is a spear. This is that. This is what you cannot do. Those kinds of things. If we could have some videos on that, so. Fans could see it and understand it, so coaches could see it and understand it, and players see it and understand it. Then I think it would be great for everyone. Player safety is paramount, and that's really what all these rule changes are getting at, right? Uh, and I think we all agree, right? The NFL should be safer, football should be safer to protect these players. But it does make playing defense much harder than it makes offense, right? I mean, it, it, it seems that the bur- the burden seems to be on defenders and less on the offense. Uh, so do you think that there should be some rule changes to help defenders do their job so that it's not, you know, like 5,000 passing yards seasons are like super regular. How do we, how do we skew the balance so that defenders are still able to do what they're supposed to do while keeping players safe? I I don't think that's going to change. I think, um, I, I think the league has evolved. You know, like you said, the game has changed. It has changed. And um, it's changed when the quarterback is, you know, the most important person on the field, because I I think that, you know, television, because the television revenues, you got to make sure that they know who the quarterback is. You know, that that is the person that if the quarterback that plays from week to week, if he gets hurt, then it throws off the whole season. It throws off the whole market. It throws off everything. And so I get it, I understand it, but uh, like I said, I, I would just like for there to be more consistent. This is how we can be allowed to hit the quarterback. Um, I mean, quarterback in, on a lot of teams is one of the larger guys on the field. I mean, um, we, we should be able to tag his tail every now and then, but <laughs> do it in, do it in the right way. But um, you know, I, I, I like where it's going. Uh, but I would just like for, for there to be more consistency. All right, I got I got one more question, a fun question about the Super Bowl shuffle days. Oh uh, come on! Well, uh, no. no. <laughs> I gotta ask no, about the Super Bowl no, shuffle. Stop! That's a come right on. There. If Mike Singletary says, says come, come on, on now, we wow. did it right there. All right, yo, I just got a come on now about the Super Bowl shuffle. Listen, the people love it. <laughs> But I guess Michael Singletary is Michael Singletary is over. Shut, shut him down, Mike. Shut him down. Get him out of here. People tease me about the Super Bowl shuffle all the time. I burn every one of them I can find. I them away from my kids. They found them anyway. Dad, can you do the Super Bowl shuffle? I'm like, come on, really? Are you kidding me? But uh, it it was. Most people don't know that we made that the very next day, coming back from the defeat in Miami. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the best thing that we ever could have had uh, happen to us after that game because we were feeling really low and we were angry at each other, frustrated at everybody. 
and Haiti, we lost the game. But uh, that game gave us uh, that video. Making that video gave us the focus because we realized that the X was going to be on our chest. You know, we're talking about Super Bowl shuffle, and we're in midseason. Mm-hmm. Just got our tails kicked, and we were like, hey, guys, <laughs> we can't lose anymore. we got to go to the Super Bowl, and we got to win it, or we're going to be the goofiest team ever. <laughs> So uh, it, it was a, it was a great thing to make, and and uh, we had a lot of fun making it, and we had no idea it was going to explode like it did. It was so hard. Add that sack to his career total, so, Alex. Alex, just, just yeah, yeah man, I'm add another one. Mike, oh, listen, as a kid, I, can, I remember getting off the bus with my mom and be like, "Can you get this? We were at this place." I was like, "Can you buy?" Oh, listen, you can hate it. I love it. But go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Josh. Uh, <laughs> Mike, we talked a lot about the Bears' need for that for that front four, and I want to get your opinion as a former coach. The Bears are going to have a decision coming up about Jalen Carter, a young man who's extremely talented. Uh, he has some character concerns, maturity concerns. He obviously had the racing misdemeanors in, in Georgia. How would you as a head coach uh, address those interviews with Jalen one-on-one, and what would you want to hear to to know that you can you could take him at number nine and use a high draft pick on him? I think if, if you're going to take a, a young man like that, you just have to make sure, once again, if you have leaders on that team mm-hmm. that can get in his face and say, hey, I, I, I don't know about Georgia. I don't know what happened at Georgia. Um, I, I, I know the one incident or whatever, but here mm-hmm. we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Here we're going to do it this way. And we had about, uh, you know, three or four guys in that locker room that were like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you didn't understand one, you understood another. And uh, hopefully if the Bears have that, they can draft it, no problem. If they don't, got to stay away from it. As simple as that. All right, I I got two. First one, we found out this morning around 10 o'clock that Lamar Jackson on the second requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think about the contract situation between Lamar and the Ravens? You know what? I I don't I, I don't really know. That's a that's a tough situation, and and I've learned that um, you know if you're not there on an everyday basis and you don't understand what the player is putting into it, uh, what they're demanding of him, um, it looks like they they had a coordinator that that was there that really had design run for the quarterback and whatever. And and now it seems like they got another coordinator uh, and maybe they're going to be asking him to do something different. I, I, it's it's going to be an interesting, uh, I hope that it plays out well for Lamar. Uh, but it's, it's unfortunate that he has to go through this. He's a great talent. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just hope that it works out for him. He's a dynamic player. Uh, but I, I understand both sides. Um, you know, he's been hurt, but hey, this is part of the offense. It's designed for me to run the ball. And okay, so I get hurt doing what you have a de- design play for me to do. And now you're not going to pay me. And on Baltimore's side, say, hey, that, that's a lot of money that, that we're putting on the line. And, um, you know, we, we can't pay you if you're going to be on the bench. So, I just think that they have to um, kind of sit down and reconcile, uh, kind of start over and say, hey, Lamar, this is what we need you to do. We're going to pay you this. Can you do that? And um, go from there. My last one. 
Um, from Bill George, Dick Belkis, to yourself, to Brian Erlacher, Briggs, and Roquan, can I get an all-time Bears linebacker ranking? Oh, who's the best? You can, yes, definitely, from top to bottom. Yeah, please, go right ahead. I, I, I will say this, uh, and I say this when, you know, people ask me, well, who's the best between you and Ray and it? I say, you know what? Every player has to know um, where he fits. And at the same time, that player, uh, rather than, you know, saying, well, I'm the best, or if, 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 if a player feels that he's not the best, then he wouldn't be in that, he wouldn't be in the mix anyways. So uh, to me, um, you know, each player just kind of, he has to know when he looks at the film, uh, what he feels and um, go from there. So no radio. So I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> I'm not more news today. <laughs> I was going. Man, I, I, I had to try. I had to go for it. Listen, from CAA's Industries Brain Supplement New Team, Michael Singletary has joined us. We appreciate it, Mike. You have a terrific day. Thank you, guys. Thank God you. God bless. Take care. Thank you. God bless you too. We always appreciate it. That's it for the Center Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and definitely have a good day.